Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Delicious Dose of Wellbeing. I am your hostess, Jacina DeMarco. We are in for a delightful treat today. As some of you may know, the month of May is Lupus Awareness Month, and we are delighted and privileged to have an exceptional guest with us here today. And she will be speaking on living with lupus and giving more information uh, to raise awareness of the, the condition with you. And uh, we're so lucky to have her with us today on the call. Hello there, May. Hi, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing today? I'm good. We have our good days and bad days. Today's a good day. Thanks again for having me on here. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's really good that you, you say that, you know, that when we have our good days, we need to acknowledge that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Sometimes you're just so down and out that you just don't want to do anything. And then there's days like this where it just it feels good to be good, you know? Yes, I can imagine. Yeah. Even in other areas of life, that it has the same concept. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, welcome. Welcome again. And I know that our listeners are in for a delightful treat today. And uh, give us a little background about yourself, mate. Uh, well, I am a wife of 27 years and a mother of two to some great boys that are 23 and 25 now. So yes, I'm up there in years. Um, <laughs> been, we, we lived in California for a while. I, I say a while because it was a good 25 years that we devoted to California and just moved back to Arizona not too long ago. Um, I also was uh, born, I came from Taiwan. I was born in Taiwan and adopted out to a, an American Navy man. So I grew up in the States. I call myself a Navy brat because, you know, that's what you, what happens when you move all over the place with military. And, you know, growing up, um, just wishing that I had a lot more family and people to talk to because, you know, you start having changes in your life and you don't know what your body's going through and you don't really have anybody to talk to. And I really wish I had family that I could, you know, discuss issues and changes and stuff like that with. Um, and and so that's kind of where my my journey started with the the lupus and and having to figure things out and what conditions that we were in and having to to get diagnosed and you know hopefully one day that there's going to be a, a cure for it. Mhm. Mm okay, so about what time in your life did you start noticing symptoms or how did you come into the awareness that you had the condition? Well, let me emphasize that everybody's condition and symptoms are totally different and I think this is what's the hardest part about having lupus is that everyone is different there's no set way to find a diagnosis because there's so many different symptoms that one can have and then I may have 10 of you know the 15 symptoms out there that are the common symptoms and you may have seven but they're totally different and so when you go get diagnosed and you you go through all the 
the panel, the screening and the, the blood work and, you know, all of the physicals and everything else. It's so, so difficult. And as a younger person, you know, I, I live my life just as, as hard as I could because, you know, you're young, you're stupid. You do all the kinds of things that you don't think about when you're older. And so when you're, um, going through life and your ch- your body changes, you don't realize until it's too late. Oh my gosh, I probably should not have done that when I was younger because now I'm really paying for it now. And you know, when we were in California, I had ran the uh, the lunar festival, and it was a, it was a lot of physical uh, challenges on me because when you're doing some something of that caliber, you're constantly on your feet, you're constantly on the go, you're stressed out all the time. And I've been realizing, okay, the more I get stressed out, the worse I feel. And at the time also, it was like, I didn't really care about my eating habits. I didn't really care about health. You know, it it was just live the way you want to live, eat what you want to eat, do what you want to do. And over time, it just got worse and worse and worse. And then finally, when you go to the doctor and say, hey, you know what, this is what's wrong. This is what's uh, how I feel. What could it be? And they do tons of blood panels and all this stuff. And nothing is wrong. Nothing's wrong. And so I just like, you know what, this this can't be right. Because, you know, some of the symptoms is fatigue and joint pain and swelling and edema, you know, which is where your body retains a a lot of fluids. Um, You have hair loss, you have, um, I mean, all kinds of issues, your kidneys don't function as well, your your chest pains, your breathing issues. I I mean, you name it, it it could happen. And so a lot of times they, they diagnose you with completely different issues and then at the same time it's like well then why am I having these problems and so I would go do my thing at the festivals and I would literally not get out of bed for the next couple of days and and I would be in so much pain and so tired and I would just tell everybody don't bother me and so my husband's like, you know what, you got to do something. You got to, you got to go to the doctor. You need to see what's going on because this is not normal. You can't just go through days and days and days and just be in bed and not get out of bed unless, you know, you absolutely have to. And so that's, that's kind of how it started. And I've been having symptoms since I was in my late twenties. So, so you don't necessarily know what's going on until, I mean, nowadays, because of the awareness and, and how people are, are now going to the doctor more frequently than they used to, they're doing different tests, they're doing blood work, they're doing, you know, more of a, a, a common nality of things that make sense. You know, it's a common sense type of diagnosis rather than, okay, here's blood work. Well, the blood work doesn't show anything. You know, here's this, here's that. And so a lot of people, they tend to get misdiagnosed because, 
you know, everybody has such various types of symptoms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fortunate that you were able to nail it or zero it down to what it exactly is, because like you said, a lot of those symptoms can fall into several different conditions. Oh, uh, they're pretty generalized. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I mean, because at first, you know, a lot of the symptoms are, are the autoimmune is so widespread. I mean, you can have thyroid issues, that's autoimmune. You can have lupus, you can have um, fibromyalgia, you can have uh, Hashimoto's. I mean, there's so many different autoimmune problems out there. Even eczema, psoriasis, rheumatoid arthritis, all of that stuff is all autoimmune. And a lot of times, that's why it says when people have these symptoms, a lot of doctors I've, I've noticed, they just generalize, oh, you have autoimmune, this is, this is your issue, but there's no fix to it. You know, there's not a cure for any of this. It has to do with how you live your life. And I think that's probably why I took charge of my life. You know, a couple years after I was diagnosed, I was miserable. You know, the meds that they want to put you on make you feel worse than what you actually are going through. And it didn't solve my problems. And so that's why I started making my own decisions and saying, okay, you know what, let's try this. Let's see if, if, if my eating is going to make a difference in how I feel. Let's see if, you know, my uh, activity is going to change uh, how my body functions. Because in all reality, if you think about it, 100 plus years ago, they didn't have all the meds that they do now. They didn't have the type of technology they do now. How did people cope? How did people go through life? Yeah, that is so insightful. I have never thought of it that way. Uh, how did they know? And the only resources they had back then, we're talking about, you know, decades ago, is through nutrition. Exactly. And absolutely. There are no meds, like you said, or, or anything that they could take, like a, a fix-all. And the only thing that they really had to lean on was health, nutrition, nutrition, eating, and their lifestyle to improve their health. Oh, absolutely. And, and you got to think about it. What are all the things that you're consuming when you're eating, you know, that Big Mac or you're eating the, the, the cinnamon rolls and all the donuts and all the junk food out there, you know, and then you got to think as well as like all the hormones that they put into the type of foods that we eat from, you know, the, the meats and the dairies and all the vegetables out there. You think about all the things that you're eating and how it affects you. And obviously it affects everyone differently, but think about how the, the process how your body processes everything in order for you to function. And then if you do have autoimmune, how does that, you know, coincide with all the things that you're consuming? And so that was one of the major issues that I had um, and wanted to, to experiment. Okay. If I was to go into a healthier lifestyle and eat better and cut back on my carbs and sugars and the junk food and, you know, the, the, the sodas. Oh, my goodness. 
and, you know, cut back on all of that, is that going to make me any better, you know, and feel better? And the answer is yes, absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, taking that proactive approach, you're taking responsibility for your health. And I believe that is another factor that typically people feel a little victimized. Uh, why is this happening to me? What am I supposed to do? Right. And that is natural human response. Right. But you decided to take a proactive approach and try to, okay, let's try this and see how I feel. Let's try that and see how I feel. Uh, eliminating all of the processed inorganic consumption that we do. And like you said, it's like a double whammy if we're already eating bad. And then on top of that, we have this autoimmune where our body is fighting against itself, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's double of the effort on our body. Well, and you know, the thing is that we we go through life not wanting to worry, not wanting to make the changes because change is fearful. I mean, we're, we're all fearful of change. And one of my, I always say to my husband, I say, I am probably the worst patient. I I hate going to doctors. Number one, I hate needles. I don't like taking meds. I am the worst patient. And when the doctor tells me one thing, okay, I take that in account as to now, what do I do? Because I'm not going to take your meds that you prescribe. I'm not going to, you know, get more and more and more blood work done because for what reason? It just doesn't make sense because you're not going to have a cure for what I have. Um, You know what really started is we used to go to Vietnam on a yearly basis for a missionary. Uh, We go to the northern parts of Vietnam. It's a medical missionary and they take all the equipment that they need, plus the doctors and nurses, um, students, med students, people who are really, truly wanting to be part of this, you know, uh, journey. And when we go, because it's middle of summer in July to the northern parts of Vietnam, right in the border of China, Vietnam, it's the jungle, it's in the mountains, it's super hot, it's muggy, it's humid. And I literally would blow up like the state puff marshmallow. I would look like I, I, I look like I was 50 pounds heavier in wow. in my skin. And so it was always really tight. It was puffy. I couldn't move very well because of my um, extra weight, the water weight. And I would tell, uh, you know, I had like, 20 doctors there so it's not like they couldn't (laughs) find me somebody to help and I would tell my doctor um because he also ran the the organization I told my doctor I was like I I just don't feel good I I'm hurting I hurt everywhere and I'm puffy I mean my feet my legs look like tree trunks and the my feet look like they were uh, Fred Flintstone feet because they were so big and he goes, well, you're just going to have to elevate it because it's edema. And we couldn't figure out what was causing it because he just kept saying, well, it's probably the humidity. It's probably the heat, you know. Mm-hmm. And even after we came back um, to the States, I was still having those similar problems. Not as bad, but it was still the same problems. And I was like, this can't just be the heat and, and the humidity. Something else is going on. 
Mm-hmm. And then also the pain. And then also, you know, uh, sitting and, and, and staying in bed for two, three days at a time. That's just not normal. You can't function that way. You know, you can't run a household that way. You can't run businesses. You can't do any of that if you're down and out. And so he had take, he said, okay, you need to go get some blood work done. Well, you know, the first time was like nine vials of blood. The second time was like 13 vials of blood. It's like, well, how much more you want to take? You know, just take it all, you know, mm-hmm. just to try to figure out what it is and how to, to fix what it, what it is that I have. And then when he came back with the results, he goes, well, your ANA which is your antibodies is, 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 is high. And I said, well, what does that mean? And so he's going through the whole blood panel thing and he's saying, well, it's, it's looking like you have lupus. I'm like, what the heck? And one of the nurses, when we were in Vietnam, she had said that she has lupus as well. And she was going through a a lot of changes in her life and the stresses and such and then I had another friend who was actually a client um she had lupus and then another client had lupus and I'm like okay this is more common than we're we're thinking here because all these people that I know have this problem but yet nobody's getting cured nobody is having um any any relief to what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And so that's when that's why I said, hey, you know what, we got to make some changes in the household, my household, my kids, my husband was not happy that I was changing <laughs> our eating habits. because Obviously, they liked all the good stuff too. <laughs> On the side extra. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Even though it wasn't fun at first, it made a huge difference in our lives because we started getting healthier. We started being more active. Um, I I felt a ton better. I mean, granted, it's not instantaneous. It's not, you know, gratification is not there and it doesn't cure me but my mm-hmm. symptoms are less. I still have flare-ups and flare-up basically means that your body's going through having all the pains and the stresses and all the, the uh, issues that comes with the symptoms of, of lupus or fibro or any of those things. So you have flare-ups and then when you don't have a flare-up, it's kind of like a remission. So I, I, they all use very similar terminology to each other, all these autoimmune uh, issues. And so, you know, some people will say, Hey, you know what? I have this going on or that going on, or, Oh, I'm in remission now, which basically means that you're not having any of the major uh, symptoms or the blood work is, is showing that you're okay. And some people go through it. Some people don't. That's very insightful. And when you started to feel a little better, was there anything, and I know everybody is different, literally everybody is different. Mm-hmm. What were some of the immediate, if I can say immediate, uh, or the first shifts or changes you began to see as far as what you eliminated and what you replaced it with? 
So when I started this healthy lifestyle thing, uh, my son, my, my oldest son actually had just lost a ton of weight. And I looked at him, I was like, what did you do different? And he was telling me about keto. And I said, oh, well, explain, tell me what it is and how it works and all this stuff. So he proceeded to show me, you know, the type of food that you can and cannot eat and basically what happens to your physiology. So in other words, when you go into ketosis, your body is actually burning the fat and not necessarily all the carbs because you're eliminating the carbs. So you're eating healthier by eating more fat. Go figure, huh? You eat Mm -hmm. more fat, you eat more protein, and you eliminate or go to very, very low amounts of carbs. And so there's there's a, a, a lot of ways of doing keto. There's actually three different ways of doing keto, but I try to go the most minimalistic and, and the easiest route because I, one, don't want to spend a ton of money on it. And two, um, I don't want to, to make it harder than it is. So what I do is, is lazy keto. So there's the strict keto where you have to count every single uh, macro, all your carbs, all your your uh, proteins, your um, your number of fats, all that stuff. And to me, that's just way too complicated. I want my life to be simple. I don't need to stress it out even more, right? Right. And then, right. And then I do. Oh, and then there's the dirty keto, which is like all processed keto products that you can buy at the stores. But one, they're so so expensive, and two, mm-hmm. um, it's processed. So why not just do healthy eating, clean eating, and that fixes all your problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what I basically did. Is I switched over to lazy keto, and I eat what I want within a list. There's a list of foods that you cannot, cannot have, and that'll give you indication of how it's going to burn, how your body processes it, and that kind of stuff. Um, I've been doing it for the last three years now. And I kid you not, I've lost over 60 pounds. That to me was a bonus because the whole purpose of going to keto was to clean my body, to clean the toxins out of my body so that I don't have all the junk that's stored up from the fats and the and the the carbs and all the junk, the processed sugars and that kind of stuff. Um, right. You want the fats. Let me take that back. You want the fats because that's the part that your body's burning as opposed to the carbs. Mm-hmm. So when my kid had told me all this and I had started it, I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of tough. And I eased into it a little bit more, a little bit more to the point where the first year into it, I lost over 40 pounds my first year. And then, and I was like, you know what, from what I've read and the things that I've seen, it's not as fast as some other people would do it. But my philosophy is, you know, it's slower, but it's more sustainable. Mm -hmm. And over time, I felt better. I didn't have as many, um, aches and pains and fatigues, although I still have some. Don't get me wrong. I still have those issues. Migraines, I used to have migraines on a daily basis before I started keto. 
And that was also one of the major uh, symptoms for autoimmune is, is migraines and photosensitivity where your, your eyes are so super sensitive to any form of light. Um, your, your kidneys didn't function before where now they're better than they used to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Where your, your hands and your joints, you know, they, they didn't used to work. So now is better. I mean, like I said, I still have my issues. I still have my problems and, and uh, symptoms. But what a huge difference my life has been since I started it. Sure. And I remember, two, uh, like you said, two or three years ago, you started on this journey of losing weight. And you were generous enough to share it with the world, if you will, on different uh, media platforms. And it just encouraged so many people Uh, people I'm sure began to get on board with it and it was your journey, but because you shared it, a lot of people embraced it and I'm sure saw results within their own life. Well, you know, the thing is, is that if I have this philosophy that if you're going to, if you're going to preach it, you better be doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. So if if i'm going to share information about what i'm doing cuz i am no expert by no means okay i am not an expert at lupus i'm not an expert at keto i'm not an expert in being healthy fit and all that stuff i'm sharing what my journey was and what i was going through and how it affects me because obviously it affects everybody differently mm-hmm. and m- another thing too is if i can do this Anybody can do this. Mm -hmm. And so with so many people having autoimmune, it's like, why not try this? Give it a Mm -hmm. shot. It's not going to be for everybody, obviously. But at least you could say, I tried. And if it works, awesome. Let's keep doing it. And then if it doesn't, well, then, okay, we got to try something different. But Mm -hmm. I had so many friends and family members that were going through a lot of the same problems that I was. And I said, you know what? If I can do this, so can you. Granted, it's going to take some willpower. It's going to take motivation. And it's going to take time. That's what a lot of people don't understand is that it's not instant gratification. You have to work at it. You have to make it a part of your lifestyle. It's not a diet. It's not a fad. It's not something that you can do for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and boom, okay, you know, I'm going to be this way for the rest of my life. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to continue to be diligent at, you know, eating healthy and being active and, you know, uh, wanting to have that change in the lifestyle. Yes. Do I have cheat days? Absolutely. Do I wish I didn't uh, live on this lifestyle? Sometimes. But at the same time, it's like if I didn't, I would be feeling just as miserable as I was before. And I wouldn't be uh, 60 pounds less. And I certainly wouldn't be healthier in in the fact that I'm feeling better. And I think that's the, the biggest takeaway with all of this is just to make myself feel better and healthier. Yes, absolutely. And like you said, with all of the different autoimmune conditions and a lot of the symptoms 
or experiences, they overlap one another. Yes. So it, it's, um, who wouldn't try it? Uh, regardless to what type of autoimmune condition one may have, having a general lifestyle change, like you said, and having uh, good eating habits, because some uh, foreign substances cannot operate or stay alive in a clean body, especially if your body's in ketosis, it has to leave because it has nothing to feed off. Of. Exactly, exactly. And that was the whole point of, you know, you're eating the higher amounts of fats as opposed to the carbs, because your body feeds off of carbs, your body wants all that junk food and the sugars. And when you start eliminating that stuff, you go through cravings, it's kind of like somebody on drugs is going through detox, they want more, they want more. And so you have to get rid of the the toxins in your body which comes from the processed sugars and the carbs and all this stuff that that is out there that's the best tasting stuff yes <laughs> but you can still make the healthy stuff taste good and and that's part of my um uh, catering as well is i also help people eat healthier and i share that with you know whoever is interested in wanting to be healthier Mm -hmm. That is incredible. And it all began sort of with your son losing his weight. It was like a blessing in disguise. Oh, uh, absolutely. And so many people, your family benefited from it, uh, healthier, feeling better. And although it came, if you will, from an unfortunate situation, it bettered it. It bettered the whole situation. Now you're paying it forward. Right. And people are seeing you live it, not just talk it, but live it. And it, it uh, provides encouragement for others as well. Well, I would like to think that I can inspire people. I, I laugh a lot because people tell me messages all the time about how you know, I give them motivation and, and inspire them. I was like, you know what? I'm just sharing my experiences. If it works for you, that's awesome. I love hearing stories that, you know, people go through and it's working for them and it's, it's making them healthier and feel better and look better. And, you know, that's, that's important that you yourself are doing it for yourself. Not just because somebody's telling you, not just because somebody's, saying oh yeah you have to do that you know I, I don't like telling people you have to do anything because in all reality it's your choice if you want it bad enough you'll do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. same thing with you know feeling better same thing with going to the gym if you want it bad enough you'll do it mm-hmm. yeah it's not like you're telling them okay this is what you need to do and you're just sharing your own experience. If they exactly. want to uh, embrace it and see if it works for them, then more power to them. Right. Right. But you're not out trying to tell people what they need to do. Right. That is incredible. Have you started any sort of um, group? This just popped up. This is so, although you're not really out to teach anything, and I understand that, but like an open forum support group, for people who are going to not saying that you guarantee any results and things of that nature, but something where a community can come together 
Yeah. And your awareness of lupus. Well, not only lupus. Um, so I've not, I've, I've joined several of the lupus awareness groups. There's a ton of us on there. And, and in all reality, there's so many people that we don't realize. The general public just does not realize how many people out there with autoimmune problems. Mm-hmm. I don't call it a disease because a disease can eventually be cured. We cannot be cured. Our bodies function the way they function for whatever reason. But it's not something that we can take and then boom, it's done. It doesn't work that way. And so the forums that I have joined, they're basically just chat forums where people will talk about their issues for that day. And we all support each other and encourage each other and make sure that, hey, you know what, if you have if you need somebody that you need somebody to listen to or or you need them to listen to you, I should say, we're here because we're all going through similar situation. I mean, granted, all the symptoms are different. Everybody goes through it differently. But we all have that underlying situation of we have a disorder that we can't get rid of. And how do we function and how do we go through our day to day life? And it's just a great support group. Um, as far as the, the eating, healthy eating stuff, you know, I have a keto, uh, I have a, a group page on Facebook it's called My Keto Friends. And basically, it's an open forum for anybody who wants to get on there and talk about the eating and recipes and, and you know, what works, what doesn't work. A lot of it is just sharing recipes. And then there's times where I had doctors on the same group that would pitch in and give advice and say, hey, look, you know what, um, if you have gallbladder issue, okay, this is maybe this may not be for you, but you can do it in moderation. And, and another motto is everything in moderation. You can't, you don't have to do everything 100%. You know, because like I said, everybody is different. So you've got to try, you know, one thing or another thing or another thing because it, it, it just works better that way. Each individual. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, and um, you may not have the answer to this, but do you know if lupus can be genetic or hereditary? Yes. Or is it just an individual uh, condition? No, it's actually hereditary. And um, I was saying earlier, you know, in the Asian culture, we don't talk about health. We don't talk about ailments. We don't talk about going doctors because talking about medicine and medical issues is taboo in our in our culture. And so nobody ever talks about it, which means that nobody knows what's really going on unless you kind of like talk to the side with your, you know, so-and-so family. And I've always seen uh, my birth, I I met my birth family. And so I've seen my, my birth mother, she has a lot of the same symptoms of, of lupus, but she will never talk about it. Everything is fine. She just has aches and pains. Um, one of the major factors for lupus is hair loss. Mm-hmm. And I had noticed that her hair, a lot of it's missing. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, no. We're not going to receive that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was telling I was telling one of my brothers I said you know I'm having these problems and I was recently diagnosed with SLE which is systemic lupus and he was saying you know your second sister she also has that problem I'm like what wow and he goes yeah she's had it for a couple of years and they're doing holistic medicine rather or holistic eating and mm-hmm. rather than doing meds because you know out there nobody wants to do meds and and the problems at the times weren't um weren't the, the meds I should say were not a, a a for sure type thing that it was gonna work and obviously nobody wants to take stuff that isn't uh, a for sure thing Mm -hmm. so they were telling me that uh, she's had all these other symptoms I'm like oh my gosh I have all those symptoms too and he was like and my brother was telling me yeah you need to talk to her because maybe she can give you you know, more insight of what the doctors are doing with her rather than taking all the medicine. And I was like, okay. So, you know, with our broken English and Chinese and being able to communicate via Google Translate, (laughs) 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 we we were able to establish uh, that it is hereditary, that it is in our DNA. And unfortunately, autoimmune, more people have it than not. And we just don't realize how it affects us until we feel so crappy that we don't we don't know what else to do. And um, when I had chatted with her about it, she was telling me that she also is doing the healthy eating and changed her lifestyle and be more active and such. And she has her good days and bad days as well. Um but she's not doing all the meds that a lot of the doctors really want to push. And so that gave me hope because if she can live a normal lifestyle, granted good days and bad days, um, Mm -hmm. but she was able to live a normal lifestyle without having to take all the meds. I was like, well, why I I, I can do that. I can try that because Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel worse than I already do because a lot of the meds with the side effects make you feel worse than you already do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, to answer your question long time ago, it can be passed on down. And unfortunately, you know, you hope that your kids and their kids don't ever get stuff like this, but I'm, you know, it's just, part of how our bodies work. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting because it kind of brought your family together as well, although it is probably taboo, like you said, to have those types of conversations, but digging a little deeper and finding out that there are other relatives that have the same symptoms. They may uh-huh. not know that that's what it is, but for you to identify and kind of investigate a little bit and say, hey, you know, this is something that's in our DNA. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, mom still doesn't know. No, she doesn't know yet. (laughs) But, you know, all the siblings, we all talk. (laughs) Right, you guys talk and and you all know. Oh, gosh. Well, that's, that's wonderful, you know, that you guys are able to talk about medical conditions because nowadays 
it just doesn't really correlate with people. They may have something and you automatically they think, oh, it's something that I've done to my body or something that was supposed to happen to me. Exactly. And yes. the last thing that's on their mind is to look, you know, kind of look into the hereditary, you know, my uncles, my, you know, grandmother, grandma, grandpa, or great aunts and uncles and see what's really going on. What side of the family is it on? Not saying that any of it are absolute truths, but just dig in a little bit deeper. It gives you an indication of what could possibly happen. You know, growing up, because I was adopted, growing up, I could never answer the medical questions because I had no idea. Because a lot of the forms and paperwork that you go to the doctors for, they always ask, does this, you know, run in the family? Is this in your genes? Is, you know, is, does cancer running? I have no idea. I had no clue. And then when I was finally old enough to uh, meet my, my biological family and to talk to them about it, they would always say, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. Because I didn't realize at the time that that was just taboo. You don't talk about it. And it wasn't until I started feeling bad and getting diagnosed and having those issues is when I finally said, you know what? Stop saying nothing. This is my problem. This is what is going on with me. And that's when my brother finally said, oh, you know what? this sister has those same problems and issues. And I'm like, why didn't anybody say anything? It could have been, you know, resolved or at least have some inclination of what's going on a long time ago, rather than trying to guess or trying to, you know, fight off whatever ailment and have no, no recourse for it. Right. Starting from ground zero, basically. Every time. Every time. And so now, you know, our, our, our uh, siblings, they, they talk more just for that reason, because, you know, we don't want our kids to have those same issues or have the problems and not know what to do. Mm -hmm. Now, is it more so on the males or the females or, or both or not that anything is, like I said, absolute, but do you notice that maybe there's more of a a, a thread in the females with this condition or do some of the men in the family have it as well? Well, statistically, it's a more of a female dominant uh, a disorder. Now, mm -hmm. there are males that do have autoimmune and they do have lupus. It's not as prevalent in males as it is in females. Um, as far as age ranges, they usually start in their late 20s through 40s is usually about the time that they get diagnosed. There are some very young that do get it, but it's rare that, that the younger ones get it. Um, some people have been diagnosed for over 30 some years or longer. And some mm -hmm. people, when they're in their 40s, they get recently diagnosed. So it, it just varies through whatever you know physiology that their bodies have um yes the males do get it uh there are a few of the male groups out there that uh, discuss it and talk about it because obviously their bodies are different than ours so it affects them a little bit differently than us but you know in all re in all perspective we all talk about it and we all kind of help each other and support each other Mm -hmm. Okay, wonderful. What is the typical when you get the diagnosis, the prognosis? 
and we don't have to agree on what the doctors say or any prognosis, uh, but what is kind of the main prognosis of lupus uh, in, in terms of lifespan longevity? Of course, that you know is variable, but what is the typical response from doc medical doctors when they give you the prognosis and life expectancy? Well, you know, a lot of times the doctors will play it off like it's not a big deal, mm -hmm. but then they're not living it. So the patient who's living it, going through this, they're the ones that have to determine, okay, how do I want to go through my life? How do I want to uh, proceed as far as my health, my eating habits, my um, well-being, how the family takes this because lupus you don't see it it's not like it's not like a, a a disease where you can physically see mm -hmm. a lot of it is internal and so when you get diagnosed you know like i said everybody's different but a lot of the the symptoms you have chest pains you have heart problems you have kidney failure you have um basically and we joke about this, and it's not a joking matter, but we joke about it as just our bodies are killing itself because our autoimmune system is in overdrive. And so basically when we have a problem, our body doesn't understand that it's not a problem. And so it's trying to, to attack itself. And that's, that's where a lot of our symptoms come from. So when we have issues and we get diagnosed, it could be all kinds of things. So there's a list of um, of the symptoms. And, and I was trying to open the list so I could give you um, examples uh, besides what issues that I have. But I was trying to give you examples and I keep losing the page. Anyways, the... Um, diagnosis or prognosis when they when they try to determine what you have they say you have to have at least four to five to seven symptoms out of the 11 mm -hmm. it's like push you you know anybody could have any of that stuff right it's it's a matter of the common sense part of it okay you have your blood work and nowadays they get so technical in all the blood work. And in all reality, you still have all the symptoms. Mm -hmm. right. So trying to determine how, how or what somebody has in autoimmune could be more difficult because of the fact that everybody's different. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it's more, I would assume, of a lower grade cancer or when the, the um, free radicals are basically, you know, attacking. Uh, it's not like some cancers are very aggressive, you know, some are moderate, some are very low key. I would be um, inclined to think that lupus is kind of like on the lower end of a cancer that's actually one that with proper nutrition and diet and lifestyle, you can live a full life and uh, it not be a concern. Yes, you can live a full life. I would not consider it a cancer because I although I have to say they've done some uh, chemo on lupus patients, but that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they have cancer. So I, there's a lot. That really sit well with me when I was reading on it, and I said lupus is considered a cancer, and I kept reading that, and I said, 
based on the symptoms, and I have medical background too uh, with, the, with my own personal profession, and it just does not, as far as the symptoms and signs, it's not aligned with what, what we would consider a cancer. Correct. I would totally agree with that because even though they have some meds that they use to help the situation, um, they have done chemo. I don't think that they've done too much of the, there's no point in doing the radiation, but they do the, the chemo stuff. And I personally would not call it a cancer um, because it attacks the body differently. Mm-hmm. Like any autoimmune uh, kidneys or anything, it's just a, a, the body, like a civil war going on within yourself. Yeah. Which is totally uncharacteristic of what the typical cancer symptoms are. It's exactly. like apples and oranges. Exactly. So that's why I said I would never, I would not call it a cancer. Although, you know, there's a lot of similarities if it was not a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Like a multiple sclerosis. My mom has that. And she's been living with it now for 40 years. And it's still symptomatic of what someone with lupus have and, you know, Mm -hmm. how they overlap. Right. And she's still living uh, MS. Typically, you know, they have a a lifespan expectancy or, or whatever, but I believe always that it's up to the individual to take control of their own life. Exactly. Uh, but it's not a cancer, like MS isn't a cancer, like I don't believe lupus is, um, you know, but for whatever reason, they categorize it as one. And I, I don't agree with it, like you no. said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my mom, she has good days, bad days, you know, she has with the MS, um, mm-hmm swelling, edema, inflammation, uh, arthritis, uh, joint pain, I mean, everything the same. And like you said, it's almost impossible to really narrow it down to any specific thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. So what do you think would be like the biggest takeaway, if I could ask you that, uh, of something like this happening and, you know, the journey that it's taken you on, what what's the positive uh, message in it for you? You know, I think with all the differences in how people live their lives, how they eat, how they uh, treat their bodies, whether they're younger, they're older, you have to do what's good for you. And, you know, if I could just give somebody a little bit of motivation and just a little bit of inspiration and say, hey, look, you know what? I was there. I was feeling miserable. I was big and overweight and unhealthy. And I was having a lot of medical problems, you know, and, and now I look at my journey and I say, wow, I've come a long ways. I've, I've changed my eating. I've changed um, what I do in my lifestyle. I've tried to de-stress as much as possible. And I stress upon you that stress is really a huge culprit and how a lot of people feel. Yeah. Oh, um, oh yeah. And, and, and if you continuously stress over everything, mm-hmm your body is going to react as if it's attacking itself. And I think a lot of it had to do with 
you know, how we go through our day-to-day lives. And really, if I can just tell people, look, I was there and I made a change and it was really hard. I can't say that it was easy. I can't say that it was instant gratification. But if you can at least try and stick to it, and that's the hardest part, I think, is to stick to it. Because, I mean, obviously, look at during the pandemic, everybody's home. Everybody's eating bad. Everybody's doing, you know, yep. things that they would normally not do because because you're stuck. Exactly. Exactly. And so if you can just, you know, stick with being a better, healthier person, why not? I mean, the, the results in the end in the long run, are going to be to your benefit. may not be right now, but at least in the long run. And you never know. It might make you healthier. It might make you feel better. You might, you know, lose weight. That was a bonus for me. You know, it wasn't, the, the weight thing wasn't really the, the goal when I was doing my healthy eating. It was to help with my symptoms, because that made a huge difference in how I felt on a daily basis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, and it's paying it forward, like you said, you went through it, and if nothing else, it's going to benefit others and your family. There was a lot of good that came out and still coming out of it. So I think when people experience that, you hear about them starting, you know, different foundations or however they want to do it so that they can pay it forward to other people. If nothing else can be said, you can at least say that you were able to enlighten others and, and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. I know it. And there's like a support base there, a support system, somewhere where people can go and actually talk to someone who mm-hmm. has it, not just read about it or know right. about it, but right. they've lived with it. And, and that's educate. a major difference. Yes, major and ed- difference. educate yourself, you know. It, and that was one of the biggest things that I started doing was educating myself about the 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 autoimmune part of it and to I mean cuz your your doctors can tell you so much, right? But mm-hmm. they're not going to give you all the the authentic mumbo jumbo I guess you can call it It I mean they're gonna say oh this is your issue this is what we're gonna do to fix you there's no fix so you need to educate yourself the best you can so that you're aware of what's going on and you know what the the best thing to do is just to help somebody else in the same situation and whether whether it's just to be a shoulder to listen or if it's you know to help advice or if it's just to you know be there knowing that they need you or that you need them that's all that really matters Mm -hmm. right like you said a good support base for someone have somewhere to go and they know that the person that they're telling their story to understands firsthand yes exactly yes well this has been very enlightening. I'm so glad. You oh, my gosh. Let's go with the time. <laughs> this is so enlightening, and it's going to really help a lot of people when this word gets out that you have. And, of course, you're not a doctor or, you know, not trying to um, put a program together for anyone. You're just basically sharing your own information, your mm-hmm. journey, what you've gone yep. through, and proactively how you've yep. taken 
control, you know, when doctors give you, okay, we can give you this and that and, and quote unquote, fix your whatever, literally right. when you're given that type of information in a doctor's office, basically they're handing you your health. It falls in your lap. Right. And okay, this is my responsibility to do with what I need to do for myself. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So, well, it's been wonderful, May. My goodness. Thank you. So informative. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I'll ask, uh, if you don't mind, to maybe text me all of your information. I have pretty much everything as far as ways that people can reach you. Uh, Uh But if someone wanted to contact you regarding lupus, what would be the best way for you to be contacted? Um, You can email me at maylindavis at gmail.com. You can Facebook me. Um, You can call me, text me. I'm available anytime. And like I said, I am not an expert, nor am I a doctor at this, but I will definitely be uh, available for an open ear and a shoulder. Wonderful. And any additional thoughts or a little nuggets, anything that you would like to leave with our listeners today? Listen to your body. Listen to what you're going through so that you can determine the best way to be healthy. It's, it's you. you. You're the only person that can make that choice. Wonderful. And agreed. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, uh, Lynn. And what I'll do is post your information down in the comments. And, you know, this is how you can reach uh, Maylin Davis. Yeah. And, uh, of course, your Facebook page and your inbox. I'm not sure if you would like to communicate that way, but definitely your email. And, um, you know, if they want to reach on Instagram, I'm not sure if you have anything on Instagram, uh, you know, where people can reach out yep, on that I platform. Do. I do. Oh, okay. Yes. And whatever, all of it, I'll put it down in the comments so that it's convenient on Facebook for everyone. But I just want to thank you once again for taking out time uh, to talk with us today and share your story. And uh, it's greatly appreciated. Oh, no, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my journey. Because, you know, a lot of times we go through these journeys by ourselves and we're we're not listened to or we're not... um, we're not understanding of what's really going on. And if you have somebody else that's going through the same situation, you can say, oh my gosh, I can relate. And that's, that's I think, the biggest part of, of why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you again. Yes, you're welcome. You're very welcome. And thank you listeners for taking out time also to listen to May Lynn and uh, her story. And uh, this will wrap it up for this uh, podcast on the lupus um, month of May. And if you know someone who has lupus in your family, definitely share this, uh, copy and paste. I'll make it very easy for you to share it among your friends and family as well, uh, if it can help or support anyone that you know. And uh, wonderful. Until we meet again, have a wonderful day, everyone. And God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.